everyone to another episode of NatChat. It's an absolute pleasure to be joined by Mark Jobbins, uh, VP and CTO of Pure Storage across Asia Pacific and Japan. Um, today we'll discuss the world of sustainability in the data center and how Pure Storage are leading the charge across the industry. Hello, Mark. How are you? <laughs> I'm really good, thanks. And thanks very much for uh, inviting me to this session. Really looking forward to it, actually. Thank you for joining us. Mark, why don't you um, tell us a little bit about yourself and your role at Pure Storage? Sure. Um, so, as you mentioned, I'm Mark Jobbins. I'm the field CTO for Pure Storage in Asia, Pacific and Japan. And look, I've been with Pure for uh, just over nine years. So it's been an amazing journey seeing, you know, Pure uh, evolve over time and, uh, you know, grow into uh, the company that we're in today and working with great partners such as yourself. So it's been, you know, a real great journey. And I have to say, actually, 2023 has been a very, very interesting year. Uh, if we think about it in the industry, there's probably three core trends that have sort of happened. Well, there's a, there's a big trend and that's had an impact on some other things. Um, yeah, this has definitely been the year of generative AI. I think that is, you know, the hottest topic. Uh, you know, every organization I speak to uh, is, you know, exploring, you know, what does this actually mean? You know, what does generative AI mean? What can it do for the business? But there's a knock-on effect um, that what I've been seeing is the impact then from a sustainability perspective uh, and the pressure that quite often these applications are driving on the data center is really sort of I guess bringing to the forefront uh, that need to really think about, you know, that environmental impact from an IT perspective. So that's, uh, you know, I guess the big trend has been generative AI. It's got that flow on effect to sustainability. And then we've got that data privacy and security of data has also been, you know, I think some of those topics that organizations have had to grapple with this year. Um, and I think it's setting us up for a very exciting 2024. Um, you know, I think people are now going, okay, we've sort of explored some of these areas. We now need to sort of see how can this actually drive benefits to the business and be able to manage that uh, in an effective way. So, look, like I said, it's, it's been a great 2023. Uh, we're coming up to the end of it. And like I said, I'm quite excited about 2024. Absolutely. Thanks, Mark. And a part of that excitement, I think, comes with some of the announcements that we've heard come out of the London Accelerate Conference as well, uh, around how Pure now have an offering that covers clients' energy and rack space costs. That is so exciting. I've never heard, uh, you know, an organization take that on. Uh, could you talk us, uh, talk us through uh, about how you think this will support clients? Uh, in operating a more sustainable DC. Yeah, look, it, it was another way that we wanted to sort of extend that cloud-like experience for our customers. Um, <laughs> and look, I might sort of roll back time, actually. You know, um, you know, Pure Storage was about 14 years old, and in our core DNA, it was always around, you know, that sustainability piece. So we always looked at, can we reduce complexity in the products we produce? Can we reduce the number of components that we're in you know, our solutions? And could we make sure that those components could be, uh, you know, upgraded and change and evolve over time non-destructively? So we've always have had that sort of focus and being an all-flash uh, storage solution, we've always had lower power and cooling 
uh, impact, uh, you know, on on the yeah, customer's environment. So it's been in there from day one. But really, over the last, I'll say, sort of, you know, four to five years, we've been pivoting very much to uh, driving that cloud-like experience, where you know, organizations can consume our products either in a traditional sort of capex type model or in a complete consumption-based model. And you know, we've got this option where you know we call it Evergreen One, uh, and customers can simply subscribe to a certain amount of storage on it with a performance profile, and uh, you know, we'll then deliver that for those customers. And that's been hugely successful. Uh, you know, in the last couple of years, we've seen the uptake from our customers being huge uh, on that one. So look, we, we actually own the equipment. We deliver a service and our customers get signed up for you know multiple service level agreements on that one. And then look, our team that runs that program, we're thinking about this year and went, you know, we're going to push the boundaries a little bit more and we're actually going to make it a complete sort of cloud-like experience. And we recently announced that not only will we deliver this service with these service level agreements on it, but We'll actually pay for your power and rack space within your data center. So if you think about it, if you buy a subscription service, you don't pay for the power. Typically, you don't pay for the rack space. So we just went, let's get our customers having a complete cloud-like experience. And that is another way that, you know, look, I, I smile and chuckle at times that our engineering team really pushes the boundaries and goes a lot further from an engineering perspective and what they can do. And then our digital experience team goes, Okay, let's just up this up a little bit more, and let's actually take a jump, uh, you know, on uh, the services that we're delivering. So, you know, I love it. I think it's another great way that customers can uh, consume, you know, storage solutions in a slightly different way. Um, you know, they can literally go, "I'm going to start small. I don't have to over-provision. I don't have to over-commit. I don't have to think about these big refreshes every so often." Um, yeah, literally, I'll just subscribe to a service. Pure Storage will deliver it. And like I said, we've literally taken it away. Well, you know, you don't even have to think about the power and the rack uh, space either. So, look, I, I think it's an interesting one that's uh, taken the uh, the market a little bit by surprise. Um, but again, our customers are gone. Great. That's even better. Uh, so it's, uh, it's a nice little twist uh, in this year. Absolutely, Mark. Like w- when I heard of that, I'm like, wow, how is that even... How is that even possible? Um, you know, obviously, a lot of organizations are starting to look at their impact and their responsibility, the responsibility that they've got when it comes to energy consumption. Um, and it looks like, you know, you guys are really coming to the table um, and really helping helping organizations out. Um, it would be great to understand, I guess, uh, what responsibility uh, you personally feel uh, that the tech industry has an um, making a positive change, I guess, in in climate change today? You know, it's another great question, uh, you know, around that. If we look at what's happening in the world today from an IT perspective, look, it, it's estimated that about 1% to 2% of all power generation worldwide goes to running data centers. So, you know, 1% to 2%, uh, you know, that's a huge impact. That's about the same as the aviation industry um, that's out there. And when you look at the greenhouse gas emissions on that, it's definitely around that 2% uh, mark. Now, it varies country to country. Um, so, you know, if we look at, say, Ireland over in uh, over Europe, uh, you know, there's a large number of data centers that have been 
you know, built in, in Ireland. And there's a number of reasons. You know, it's actually quite a good geographic location. It's a little bit of a cooler climate. There were some incentives from the Irish government, as you can imagine. So a lot of people moved there. The challenge it's actually got to now is, though, it's about 14% of the national grid goes to running data centers in Ireland. So, you know, it's actually been a hugely successful uh, program from the Irish government's perspective to encourage organizations to move to Ireland, but it's actually had a flow-on effect uh, where the national grid is now uh, constrained, um, that it can't actually really supply any more power to these data centers. So, you know, it's actually now put a moratorium in place to, to limit uh, expansion of data centers and the building of new data centers in Ireland. So this is a little bit of the picture coming forward uh, in, in many respects, and it's happening in other parts of the world. You get different problems. If we go to, say, Singapore, they actually have a slightly different challenge that it's things like water. Uh, you know, water is a very valuable resource in Singapore. It doesn't have a natural abundancy of water. It tends to import most of its water from, uh, you know, from, from Malaysia, actually. So uh, from a power and cooling perspective in Singapore, they've gone, they're going to raise the average temperature in data centers. So it's now, I think it's at 26.4 degrees, which is a lot warmer. Um, so what I'm sort of highlighting here is that there is a flow on effect as these data centers are getting, you know, uh, fuller. Uh, and as we're seeing, you know, the need for additional, you know, compute storage and network services in these data centers. And there's two things that are sort of driving that. You know, there's one, we're definitely, you know, it'd be no surprise to you or to your uh, listeners here that, you know, we're collecting more and more data. I mean, we're, you know, there's so much information that's being collected. Uh, and that's, you know, got positives and negatives, uh, you know, on this that, you know, we store this data and then it's being used for different applications. And at the moment, you know, one of those ones is that generative AI technology again. So, you know, you need large, uh, you know, models and, and data sets for that. Um, but it's estimated that within the data center, I think Gardner estimates that it's about 20 to 25 percent of the power that's used in those data centers is just to store uh, information, to store data. So. You know, if you think about it, if you've got one to two percent, let's say two percent of all power generation worldwide is going to run data centers, and actually about a quarter of that is actually just the stored data. Well, here's the thing. Uh by 2026, Ghana thinks that will jump up to 40%, potentially 40% of uh, you know, the power will be needed to store data. Okay, so we think, okay, well, maybe you can manage that. But actually, by 2030, it's sort of thought that maybe unstructured data might increase tenfold. So we've got all these like sort of things that are exponentially growing, which means, you know, we're going to need to store more data. Okay, that's consuming power uh, and space within data centers. So it really, I think, you know, organizations need to think very differently and the traditional storage technology simply will not be able to cope with being able to uh, you know, store that amount of data, be able to serve it to the applications when it's needed, and not fundamentally break the data centers. So people need to think differently. And that's really where, you know, technology such, uh, you know, such as uh, pure storage changes the game that, you know, we have, you know, that all flash storage solution, you know, we've independently sort of measured and we can see that typically we're using, you know, around 80% less power. Uh, and uh, than other uh, technologies that are out there. So we've got a lot less power that's needed, a lot less cooling that's needed to actually 
I run it. But also the density of the storage as well means that, you know, you can actually store large amounts of data in a much smaller amount of rack space. So this actually becomes more and more important because if you think about it, if data centers are now constrained that they can't expand, you can't put more power and cooling services into them, you've got to do something different. So part of that is, okay, let's actually just make sure that that storage layer is the most efficient that it possibly can be. So let's make sure we're using, you know, technologies that limit or reduce, uh, you know, the amount of power and cooling. So, you know, pure, we develop our own uh, actual uh, storage, uh, you know, drives. Uh, we call them direct flash modules. They're incredibly efficient uh, with it. So, you know, this year we announced 75 terabytes of direct flash modules. So that's one drive that's got 75 terabytes of capacity on it. If we put that into then one of our storage arrays, then we were able to go to market this year with what we call our E family. Uh, and that E family is the high capacity, uh, you know, storage solution. So we're literally putting petabytes of storage in, you know, five rack units or, you know, 10 rack units. It, it's a very small footprint with a low power and cooling. So that becomes more and more important, especially then when you flip to the other side. And I mentioned at the beginning of our conversation that, you know, generative AI has been, you know, the, the, I guess the, 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 the big trend for 2023. Well, the trend that we're seeing then is actually from a compute layer. People want to move and pivot to the GPU technology. And GPU technology is great for that, you know, for what you want to do in, in the AI space. But the actual power consumption is increasing. So what we're actually finding is, you know, we've got this drive to store more data. So that takes more space within data centers. We've then got this drive to deploy, you know, compute layers using GPU technology, which is typically using, you know, more more power and requiring more cooling for it. So if we look at the latest NVIDIA uh, DGX H100 servers, I think they're about 10 kilowatts uh, for that server technology. Now, if you put that into a rack, then you've got to think something else. So interestingly, I was actually, um, you know, actually down in Adelaide uh, the other week, actually at a conference, and I was talking to uh, you know, quite an innovative uh, organization that was doing a lot of work around generative AI. And they were actually stating that their challenge at the moment is their own data center is now constrained that they can't get more power. So they've had to move into another data center uh, to actually put the facilities in place. So people are coming up against this and are starting to hit these sort of head uh, you know, signalings, I guess, from capacity perspective. So I know I've sort of deviated a little bit from your original question, but where this goes is actually, you know, IT is contributing a large amount to, you know, the environmental side of things. So those greenhouse gas emissions. So I think it's critical for organizations to think differently. And you've got to be maximizing the efficiency of your technology and looking to reduce uh, where you can or constrain the environmental footprint. So think differently. I do think as, you know, IT leaders, you know, we should be challenging, uh, you know, our own peers as to think differently. And we can form an important part of, you know, organizations' uh, goals to either meet, you know, get to a net zero position or certainly reduce their uh, position. So 
that's from technology because, and then look, personally, I'm a bit of an environmentalist as well. So look, I, I do think, you know, this is the time, uh, where we've got to make the decision. Um, you know, there's exciting times as to what we're going to, be able to do within, uh, you know, IT and the services that would, uh, you know, that organizations can deliver, but we have to do that in a responsible way. So let's look at the footprint within the data centers. Let's look at reducing our e-waste. You know, that's another thing that Pure does very well that, you know, we can reuse components. You know, all of our technology can re be replaced online non-destructively. We've got well over a decade of proven, you know, track record of delivering that for organizations. So if we can reuse some of that technology to deliver some of those services, then again, we're reducing the e-waste, you know, side. So we've got to think about that. And then, sorry, you've got me, uh, you've got me going on this one because I just, I love this area. Um, you know, no, Mark, I think this. it's fantastic. I think you've kind of covered off, um, Again, again, you're so passionate about it. It kind of comes through. You're able to sort of connect all the different elements that come into it, right? And I think uh, the overarching uh, point that I'm understanding um, is that we can all be more responsible around creating more sustainable future. And where that starts is, you know, thinking more logically around how to make things more efficient, how to reduce the amount of space something takes, the amount of energy it requires, um, and ultimately how we use our technology um, to sort of drive that um, long-term, I guess, sustainability uh, for for that our Earth needs, to be honest, to be frank. Uh, and I think you did kind of so. So you went through pure storage's strategy to contribute contribute to this, um, and I think you, you did sort of uh, walk us through a real life example um, of um, uh, the organization you met in Adelaide. I would like uh, I would like to understand. I guess if um, you could share a little bit about how. Pure differs, or how you you guys are approaching this um, challenge, to give us a bit more context as to sort of how Pure is driving this forward. Yeah, look, there are a couple of differentiators there. Um, look, the, the first thing is the core technology. So you know that all flash technology from day one. You know we've always looked at reducing that footprint. So it's always been in our core technology. And look. You know, we've been able to do, you know, multiple generational changes non-disruptively of our technology. But look, sometimes it's easy to, to pop those claims out. So, you know, our sustainability team, um, you know, this year actually engaged a third party to look at a full life cycle analysis of our technology. So basically from the cradle to the grave uh, for this. And it was done by an independent party and done to international standards. So 14... Uh, 14040 I'm going to get busted if I get the numbers wrong but uh, the key thing is actually done to the same standard and that's the thing that we wanted to do was go look okay we'll put it out for our most popular uh, platform that's out there we'll get it independently measured let's see what happens uh, you know with it and you know I think that's one of the first things I think we've put one of the first vendors if not the only vendor to have actually done that and make that publicly available. So the reason I think that's important is, uh, you know, I, I, I believe that we've got the track record of doing the right thing, but people need to also be able to verify that 
and actually being able to make informed decisions. So we go, okay, look, we'll give you the information. You're going to have a look at it. Uh, that will help you make informed decisions because we actually did a study this year, actually, with the University of Technology in Sydney, so UTS. They did a, a study with us. They actually polled uh, 105 sustainability managers across Australia and went, okay, how important is your IT to the sustainability goals for your organization? And look, it came back a resounding yes. Everybody believed that you know, they needed to do something better you know, around IT, and IT could have a significant uh, you know, benefit to attaining those goals. But the thing that actually came back, and which was a little bit sort of, uh, I'll say sad in some respects, was I think it was only 5% of the respondees felt that they could get the right information from their data center providers to actually see, well, what was their footprint and what was the impact? So it made it hard for them to make informed decisions. So I think that's an opportunity, uh, you know, for Pure. So the platform's there. We've got some external things. But through our own digital experience, through our Pure One product, which is available to all customers, it's just a, a service that everybody has access to, you can actually see in real time what are the power, uh, you know, impact from your technology, what's the greenhouse gas emissions, and you can see that in real time. So you can make informed decisions, um, but you can actually push it a little bit more and you can have a look at that impact based on the power that you're consuming. So if it's more renewable energy, you can there's a little slider that allows you to change it and you can sort of see you know, what's the impact. So again, we think if we give our customers visibility, they can make a more informed decision, in which case that helps you know, with the journey. Um, so absolutely. And I don't see other people doing it at this stage. You know, look, if people, if the vendors do, then I think that's, that's sort of good for the environment because it helps other people. But, you know, our, our team never sort of rests that there's going to be more, you know, visibility and more, uh, you know, things that come out next year. So, you know, watch Ooh. this space. We never sort of sit back. We never, you know, rest on this, that the team's always looking to push the boundaries as to what else we can do to help our customers have a, an even better experience. Fantastic. Mark, obviously, uh, data is power, right? So um, it sounds like pure storage are empowering users to have more awareness around their energy consumption um, and make more informed decisions around it. Because uh, if you don't have that data, you're kind of, you know, walking blind. And, uh, you know, when you walk blind, you don't make the best decisions. <laughs> So that's fantastic. Um, I'm sure our, our viewers uh, are, are astounded as I am, as much as I am. Uh, I know uh, we have a few clients at Natilic uh, that, you know, use um, Pure One and have found it so, so powerful and so helpful uh, in helping them to hit their energy requirements and sustainability requirements across the organization. Um, thanks for that, Mark. Uh, do you have any final, final points that uh, you'd like to sort of share with us or any, maybe a quote, a personal quote that maybe you want to share? So feel free to do so. I mean, look, firstly, thank you very much for inviting me to the session. It's been great chatting to you. And like I said, I, I think 2023 has been an exciting year. And I look, really look forward to 2024. I think it's going to be, you know, really good as to see you know, how organizations do tackle the new challenges. I think people are going to start coming back into 
how do you maximize those investments and how do you get the most out of them? So I think there's going to be a little bit of a focus uh, there for, for next year. But I do also think, you know, it's up to us as IT leaders to, to really push those boundaries and actually ask those questions and do the right thing, actually help from a sustainability perspective. Because I do also think, um, you know, look, people are going to start making decisions as to which services and which organizations they want to work with based on sustainability credentials. So I think, you know, again, I'm not quite sure where the pivot point is going to be. But, you know, look, I, I'm certainly seeing, you know, my, my, my 20 year old daughter, she does make decisions on which companies and which organizations she wants to engage with, you know, based on, you know, environmental credentials. So, you know, I think that's going to reach a pivot point where people will start going, okay, I'm going to work with organization X because not only is the service good, but they're doing the right thing and they're actually helping the environment. So, I think it's a matter of time, uh, you know, for it. But I think as well, you know, sometimes it's easy for people to just go, hey, perhaps I've, I've outsourced that to a, to a cloud provider and I thought, forget it. If you think about it, whatever services that you're using from an IT perspective, we should be responsible. We should be looking at minimizing that. So you can see, look, I'm, I'm definitely passionate about Pure. Absolutely. I, I great place you know we've got such a great position and like i said we never sort of rest on this you know what you're going to see next year will you know excite us even more and we're going to help even more customers on this on this journey to to get into a better position so and i'm looking forward to it mark really really keen to see what what announcements you guys have in store for us next year and maybe you could come on again um and sort of uh give us a more in-depth overview on that but yeah your passion certainly comes through and it's good to know that we've got uh passionate leaders uh that you know put sustainability at the forefront uh leading the charge uh that's very important i believe um and today you've been fantastic at sort of giving us an overview of your personal view uh, but also what Pure Storage is doing um, globally to um, uh, help with sustainability. Now, that's great. And look, I'd love to come back, uh, you know, just reach out anytime. Happy to have a chat. It's always great, you know, working with you guys. You know, we've had some great successes together, you know, over the last 12 months in particular, and uh, it's going to keep growing. So, you know, lo love working with you guys. And, uh, you know, thanks again for inviting me to this session. And thank you so much, Mark. It was a fantastic conversation. We'll see you soon again, I'm sure. <laughs> All right. Thank you. All righty. Thank you very much. Bye, Mark.